eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Joined, as always, on Thursdays by 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong. Steve, absolutely gorgeous day in the Gem City. Good morning, Daniel. We're swim- We're primetime swimming every night at the Wolfong's house. There's no work getting in the way. It's uh, We're about to hit the dog days of summer, but thankfully we have a neighborhood pool, and we're going to be utilizing the heck out of that. Let's get into it. The Elite 11 has wrapped up in Nashville. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord finished very well, dominated the second day and finished strong. There's been some intrigue with the results, Steve. And so what I would like to do today, and we've got a ton of questions from great bucknutters on this, but as you might imagine, the Elite 11 was one of the many things affected by the pandemic. So we're going to try and address that as we explain how it went down. Steve, what I would love for you to do is, Try and explain to everybody what the intentions of the Elite 11 were, what was expected to happen, and how that changed both in the way the event was you know, put on and how we were able to cover it. Great questions, Daniel. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll try and unpack it here. First, I think the event went on almost exactly the way that they dialed it up with the exception of, and this is kind of a big exception, the last day there was no seven-on-seven action. Um, typically you have the elite 11 finals and they coincide with the opening finals. And, and, and so they're playing seven on seven with some of the best receivers, tight ends and running backs in the country playing against blue chip corners, safeties and, and, and linebackers in, in that setting. Obviously we didn't get to see them compete in that fashion in the same way we saw Justin Fields have basically a flawless performance a couple of years ago at the Elite 11, the opening finals, competing uh, against uh, defenses or talent of that magnitude with that with with, with major talent around him. Um, uh, the first day we weren't so 24/7 Sports. We were they pulled back on our travel, um, so we weren't allowed to travel anywhere um, per the company. Um, and we're owned by CBS also. Um, and, and so um, we got access to the first day through video um, with a partnership that we have with another company that sent us a video 
and we watched that, our staff watched that Tuesday morning. Um, I did an interview with Dilfer Monday night, and, and then we got act, Coach Dilfer, Trent Dilfer, who's the head coach of the event, played in the NFL for 14 years, was a first-round draft pick. Um, he he uh, did an interview with us after the first night, and then uh, Barton Simmons and Charles Power uh, and some others poured over the the video from the first day that we got. Um, we were able to watch the second day and third day through um, the uh, Instagram page of Elite 11, but then also we're given access to the video again uh, in, in the same capacity. And, and we're going to unpack Elite 11 even more thoroughly over the coming days. And, and Barton Simmons dropped an article this morning. So um, Elite 11 for us this year basically became the same as watching film of guys through the season. Uh, we weren't there to uh, we weren't able to be there to, you know, continue to harvest relationships. There were obviously weren't interviews with the quarterbacks there, but we took care of that element beforehand um, because we knew we weren't going to travel and knocked out interviews. For instance, Brian Doan did an interview with Kyle McCord. That would have been no different had we been there and interviewed Kyle McCord, you know? So uh, I, I, the, the coverage was unique, but I think that we, you know, um, with the video, we're seeing everything anyway. So um, the the Elite 11 scoring, I, that's the biggest question I think that readers have across the network, not just at Ohio State. And it was new to me that they were, you know, C.J. Stroud won last year, and he won based on his performance there, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misquoting. Um, I think that Caleb Williams won this year because they factored in. I, I truly don't know if they factored in 75 or 50 percent. I don't know if Coach Dilfer accidentally misspoke or if it was misprinted on the Twitter page. Regardless, it's all arbitrary. I, I understand. Hold on one sec. Hold on one that, sec. Are you saying – I just want to clarify that. The 50 percent and 75 percent thing, had it not been brought up, we wouldn't be getting into it. But – are you saying that Dilfer at one point in time said out loud 50% when the actual uh, equation they were using was 75% season? Well, so what I'm saying is, as I read, because I wasn't, I didn't hear what Dilfer said, but they said that Dilfer said um, it was 75% at the site, but the Elite 11 Twitter handle said it was 50. And I'm going to go back and look at it right now. If you record the Elite 11 Twitter handle last night tweeted out it was 50% junior season film, 50% camp evaluation and traits. So that even like opens the the door with that last sentence. If you say traits, well, Kayla Williams has the best traits. I mean, you can't w not watch it unbiasedly, even though like his misses, like we're still, I mean, the way he throws the football, the way the football comes out of his hands, the smoothness, the way he moves. Um, I mean, he's just – you package that all together, he's the best guy. Now, was he the most accurate guy these two days? No. Um, but, I mean, what he's capable of is still, you know, pretty special. And, and you turn on the film, and, and they're playing in one of the more competitive leagues in the country, and they played some really good out-of-state games too – and, and, and the way Caleb just easily throws the ball downfield, the way he 
can turn nothing into an 85 yard touchdown gain. I mean, he's got some pretty special ability. And so uh, if I was just, if you were going off their, their uh, arbitrary uh, rules or I'm not that, I'm not the most eloquent, but if you're going off the, their, their arbitrary formula um, for how they picked the elite 11 winner, I see how they got to Caleb Williams. Now, if you're going off just the three days, which that, that's a whole different debate. Should they just be going off the three days? Like everything, that, the tape and the previous camp performances are what got them there. Now let's start over from scratch. Because if you were going off just the tape and that stuff last year would have been like, we ended up making CJ Stroud a five-star 24-7. So uh, we loved his upside and traits and, and, and all that. But Theoretically, how would you have not picked Bryce or DJ who, you know, uh, so I, I, I don't know if they changed the formula. They're allowed to do what they want, man. It's their company. And, and so uh, uh, they explained to you how they got to Caleb Williams. That's fine. We did it different. We did top three. We did, did it from the camp. Um, and, and, and so we had Ty Thompson. Other networks may have done it different. I, I, I think – other outlets, you know, did it their way, and it's all arbitrary. And you, and the, and the best part about it is, you, the readers, were able to watch it yourselves and, and form your own opinion. And and uh, um, it's certainly great debate. Um, and, and was was Caleb Williams the top performer over those three days? I don't think so. Um, but through their formula and, and how they wanted to name their Elite Eleven winner, which is something that will follow forever, which is something I think maybe they've transitioned away from who they loved in their three-day camp and, and made it a big package deal. They open themselves up to criticism when it's not as clear as it could be. And this is possibly just an effect of the pandemic screwing everything up. Let's bring it back to everything. Everything, everything can be scrutinized and that's fair. Um, but it, their logic is not like the, how they got to Caleb Williams then isn't illogical is all I'm saying. Now you can still disagree if he should have won or not, or if you like other quarterbacks, you like their film better or what, or you could even disagree with me and say, he's not the most talented guy. That's it's all debatable, but I wouldn't say they're illogical is all I'm saying. I get that. And I'm not saying it's illogical. What I'm saying is, and I'm playing the part of the uh, bucknutters here or the ones who are upset. I think the issue is, you know, it feels like the rankings, there was no way for them to be affected by the event. If a guy goes in number one and is clearly not the most, you know, suitable to the event and then still finishes number one, you can see how people would be upset with that and feel it was kind of like pre no chance for change. No. Hey, I agree with that. I'm not saying I don't disagree. I'm just trying to. No, I'm you. just trying to put put the cards on the table and, and and say here's how they got there. I don't think it's illogical. Do I agree with it? Is is neither here nor there. I'm just I'm just I, I wish that it was. You know, I, I'd be all for them saying, all right, all things are even now that you're here. The elite eleven winner is going to be the guy who wins the camp. But that doesn't make me right either. <laughs> you know, they are the ones whose name and brand is on it and. Caleb Williams is their elite 11 winner forever now. And um, so that's, that was, is how it will be remembered. And if Caleb Williams goes on to be the first pick draft and, and all that, their elite 11 winner was that. And 
I see that. I, I see. I see why that's logical as well. If they want to try and reverse fit everything, that's fine. It, it just was a little bit screwy in how it was presented. And like I said, that could be due to the pandemic, et cetera. Let's get to the questions. This thread was started by Ebron84, and I just flipped it into mine because the questions started coming fast and furious. Steve has addressed several of these, but we will attack them as we go here. Steve also referenced an article by Barton Simmons that is already on the front page. Um, there's very interesting commentary in there on Kyle McCord, who obviously did very well. We will get to that here shortly. Steve, JJP's first question, why do you hate Kyle McCord so much? Have you watched Kyle McCord really. playing pads against elite high school competition? Yeah, he played a couple national TV games, and I've seen his, and I've seen his huddle. So, yeah, I've seen Kyle McCord play full games. I like Kyle McCord. We have Kyle McCord ranked high. I'm part of that process. I don't think Kyle McCord's a stock down guy. Um, I, I, I think that Kyle McCord has as, has as good an arm talent as anyone in the country. I think he's an accurate passer. I think he's consistent. Um, maybe he's more athletic than I give him credit for coming off uh, a, a leg injury. Um, but I, I like Kyle McCord. I think he's one of the steady guys in this class. And I can see why – uh, when Coach Yersich went out and saw all these young men on the road throwing person, and Ohio State had their pick, uh, basically of a handful of guys um, of who they would take, I understand why Kyle McCord was the guy, you know, and and uh, um, he did nothing at Elite Eleven to make me think that Kyle McCord can't be a good quarterback at Ohio State and be the starter and be the guy to help win a lot of games. Ebron84 wants to know, do you see Kyle McCord as a player that could end up inside the top 50 when all is said and done? I don't know, because I think we're starting to lean more towards quarterbacks in that realm. Uh, uh, You know, I think he's more of a pocket guy. Um, I don't know how creative he can be. beyond beyond uh I don't, I don't you know you see joe burrow and and some of those guys that are going extremely high in the draft now the the creativity they can have off script to to really make something happen i don't know if he has that um i mean he's in our he's number 52 so he's in he's in the question i think he's a i think he's a top 100 guy though you, you guys are and i don't want you're asking, we're, we're splitting hairs here now. I just hope that the listeners understand that. And it's like, do we think Kyle McCord is a first or second round guy, or do we think he's more of a third through seven round guy? And then I know that's going to cause an eye roll for some people that are like, I don't care um, uh, about what their NFL projection is. I'm an Ohio State fan. I care about what they do in college. I would just counter and say um, – that typically goes hand in hand. Now look, Dwayne Haskins went in the first round and he was a pocket guy, you know? And, and so um, I, I thought Dwayne Haskins was one of the more natural throwers of the football that I've seen um, doing this. Um, I, I, I think that that's Kyle McCord, you know, could Kyle McCord come in and beat Dwayne Haskins and, and uh, uh, get drafted in the first round? Sure. I don't know if we're going to like bet on that though uh, in our rankings meetings, um, but I think we're going to have him ranked high and we like him a lot. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the 2021 class. Here's a mercurial aspect of that discussion that you guys really have, but have a hard time figuring in, but to me ends up playing a major role in it. 
is that Kyle McCord has chosen to go to Ohio State and play for Ryan Day. So if you look at the last three quarterbacks Ryan Day has had his hands on, all three will be first-round draft picks. That seriously increases the chance Kyle McCord is going to be a first-round draft pick. Ryan Day is one of the best uh, uh, offensive minds in college football, and you see the numbers. And, and uh, so, but I guess what I'm saying is, 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 is there is going to it's going to come to a head. Like Ryan Day is going to have a good starting quarterback that doesn't get drafted in the first round. I mean, it's just gonna. It, it, and if he doesn't, then every quarterback should pick Ohio State, right? I'm just, yes. I'm just saying, like, like. Well, he, I am saying that. Like. You said that kind of, kind of like uh, hyperbolic statement. That is what I'm saying. You're saying you're saying that every single starter that Ohio State has at quarterback from here on out. So Haskins to Fields to the next guy to the next guy to the next guy. As long as Dave's the head coach, he's going in the first round. I'm saying. Yes, that I am saying. He's that. a vet. Right. I'm saying that he's going to eventually have a. That's just never. That just hasn't happened. Like so. I'm, it's easier for me to say what I'm saying than it is for you to say what you're saying. Obviously, that's like yeah. he, he might go in the fourth round. He's not a great college player. There hadn't been a first round draft pick since Kerry Collins, and there's been three in a row. And it's going to be dang. So I, I don't have any issue saying that, especially if he gets to hand pick his quarterback every year. And it's one of these elite guys. I think it would stand to reason. If you look at it now, I think C.J. Stroud has a chance to eventually. We're banking on Stroud going in the first round. I mean, we got it. We ranked him as a five-star. We think he's a first-round talent. And, yeah, maybe. So he'd be four uh, for four. So he's got Dwayne. He's got. Um, Burrow. He's got. You can't count Burrow. Why? Because Burrow's development, his final two years are at LSU. You can't count that. Yes, he was recruited by Ohio State, and he got his start in a great culture at Ohio State, but he was already a young man that was going to contribute to a great culture. He wasn't a guy that needed to, like, uh, he, he's a culture fit anywhere. And then you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Justin Fields, I think, comes to Ohio State, and he's flourishing at, at, at Ohio State, and I certainly give that credit. But Kirby Smart can't turn around tomorrow and take credit for Justin Fields, and I know – I recognize that Burrow was at Ohio State longer than Fields was at Georgia, but it's still kind of the same premise. Who's the quarterback coach at Georgia? I, I look. We can. It, we don't need to give him credit. We don't need to give him credit for one that like credit goes elsewhere because he's already been great. He's already arguably the best. So you don't need to like add on to it. Something hasn't happened for twenty years, and then all the guys who go through one room end up different than everyone else before them. There's some effect to that. You can have Burrow back. I'll take Haskins doing it in a completely different form than Fields doing it. I agree that you your chances of being a first-rounder are greater playing for Ryan Day. I'm just saying that it's not going to – I'm just saying that – and it's easier for me to say this again. And, and we're – is – every starter going to be a, a first-rounder? Man, that would be epic. Yes. Dude, this is my thing on Ohio State. He's young. Like, Ryan Day's 41. He's going to be Ohio State's coach for 15 more years. That means that you're basically saying that he's going to have a string of eight straight first-rounders. That's what you're saying. And right. I'm saying and it's I'm easier very for me. It's easier. It right. And, and, and I get it. it it's just okay. – What about corner? Every single kid who started at corner is a first-round draft pick. That's two. Yeah. But it's – yeah. 
Why can't we do it at quarterback and we have the best quarterback developer or one of them and our hand picking the quarterback every year to throw to the best receivers in the country. See, to me, this is the Ohio state standard. It's like I said, every single running back should be a thousand yard NFL running back. This is the standard they work by. This is why Ohio state is, is better than everybody else because they do think this way. If you ask Ryan day right now, does he think every starter is going to be a first round draft pick? I think he would say yes. Well, they're recruiting every kid they're recruiting was with the potential to be a first round draft pick. I'm not, I'm just saying that it, it, it historically you're not going to have a first round quarterback starting on your team every year. It's just historically you look across the landscape of college football, it's never happened over the tenure of anyone's uh, career. We'll take a quick break after this and put this to bed. I fully understand what you're saying. I just think Dave's going to make history. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. I kind of stole the mic there from the users. We will now run through the questions. This is a good one, Steve, and you are actually a good person to answer this. If you were being recruited by Ohio State, which coach on the staff would you want to be recruiting you? Um, well, I think that from uh, Tony Alford, Brian Hartline, um, Ryan Day, of course, I'd want the head coach recruiting me, right? Um, <laughs> Um, I'd of course be an offensive guy. So those are the three, I guess. I wouldn't be a running back, but you'd be a quarterback. Coach Alford. You probably want to go in the coach. first round. So Ryan Day would probably be the guy you want to talk to. For for, for sure. Uh, but um, th- those are those are two guys that are really sticking out. Um, Kerry Combs like, is uh, an electric personality. Um. It's a fun question. I, I, that was kind of a weird question. Like I, I, I came in. I didn't read the. I didn't read this thread, so I wasn't prepared for that one. But that's a fun. That's a fun question. Um, I think. I think Tony Alford. And, I think Tony Alford and Brian Hartline are extremely normal guys that I've had interaction with in the past, and I like them a lot. And and so. I I think that those are the kind of personalities that if I was being recruited to go work somewhere. Um, those are guys that would I would hit it off with. I think one of the reasons Ohio State has the standard I referred to before is the quality of the coaches. I'm not sure you can go wrong with anybody on the staff. All Bucked Up basically has the angsty question that we just covered. WP Buckeye, Steve, what is the status of class of 2022 player rankings? So we're working on them now. So we will have an update. Um, in 2022 that was similar to 2021 just going back and looking through the film we did see we did have a camp we did have some camps available to us in the spring we're starting to get some more camps available to us now with the uc report and stuff so uh, we're going to update uh on the third wednesday of july will be a 2022 update with some 2021 tweaks from elite 11 and stuff like that Chipmon, Steve, could you provide an update on the efforts to obtain a commitment from Tristan Lay, Jagger Burton, and Rocco Spindler? 
Also, after that, do you think Kerry Combs can be part of an effort to successfully flip Jordan Hancock from Clemson to Ohio State? So the last question is the one that I think the readers truly want to know the answer to, right? And, and because not much has changed with the line, I'll get into that in a second. But I do think that there is dialogue with Ohio State and the Hancock camp. I think that Clemson makes sense for Jordan Hancock for a number of reasons. It's 90 minutes from his house. Um, they've had great development at that position as well for a very successful program and their spiritual family that hit it off with coach Sweeney and company with all that being said, I, I do think that there is legitimate interest in Ohio state. I can confirm that. Um, I cannot confirm that a flips imminent or anything like that. Um, but I do think that, um, I do think that, um, Ohio state remains in the mix for Hancock. Um, and then, um, the O-line recruiting, Tristan Lay uh, um, is a guy that I think Ohio State has really picked it up with uh, during the Zoom season here. He's had regular meetings with Coach Studd. I think they've clicked. I think he enjoys watching film with Coach. Um, and, and I think uh, Ohio State is a program. Um, I mean, he, he visited during the fall where he sees himself uh, having as much success as anywhere else uh, on the field and, and personally. I mean, Clemson and LSU kind of raced out into the lead in that one, but that recruiting is a marathon. And, and so we'll see how it continues to go. Um, maybe I'm sleeping on Ohio State for Rocco Spindler, um, but Michigan and Notre Dame seems to be most of the buzz I get. Um, I know he he talks to other schools a great deal, so maybe I'm sleeping on them. And then Jagger Burton, uh, Ohio State was the leader in, in January, February. Uh, they got company, Alabama and Kentucky. I could see that going all three ways right now. So, um, uh, But uh, Ohio State remains firmly in the picture for Jagger Burton, last I heard. We appreciate Steve stopping by and being willing to take a few shots. Have a good one, Buckminster. I look forward to being on the front row later where everybody sides with Daniel on the first round quarterback thing. And I have to have my guard up, but I don't want people to think that I don't like, I, I know what Ryan day is. I know he's a tremendous coach. I know that they put up tremendous yardage. I know quarterbacks are going in the first round. I'm just saying that I, I think maybe the next, eventually there's going to be a third rounder. That's all I'm saying. And then if you're a third rounder in college, you're still, all-American candidate, still Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year candidate, still a candidate to win 14 games. So I don't want any, uh, any of my co comments taken out of context. But love y'all. We'll see you on the front row. Have a great day. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 